Warning. While Off the Wagon doesn't typically contain adult content, Game of Thrones is a very explicit show. So, this will obviously contain some, some pretty explicit content. So, if that's not your style, if you're not, that's not your thing, if you're listening to kids or what, you have little kids in the car, go listen to us talk about the Thunder or any other sport. It'd probably be better off. Also, if you haven't caught up with Game of Thrones, this will have an immense amount of spoilers. So, I, I, just either avoid it or, uh, yeah, check out uh, the Schooner Pod. All right. So, now with that being said, let's dive in to a Game of Thrones conversation. Hello, and welcome to Off the Wagon. I am your host, Bobby Howard. We are here to talk Game of Thrones. I'll be a little briefly. Uh, as you can obviously tell, uh, it's been a while since uh, the long night, the last episode of Game of Thrones. But you know what? We definitely have to. We we got to talk about this. So we're slapping together this quick little quick little pod, getting you ready for uh, episode four. Uh, I'm here today with a longtime friend of the pod, Darielle Kaiser. How are you? Welcome on. Hello. It's been a long night since the long night. <laughs> a long couple nights, without a doubt. Uh, the long night, which. We uh, thought was coming for, you know, what, at this point, seven seasons. It uh, literally only lasted one night. Not even a full night. It's just a couple hours. Uh, but, yeah, here we are. The dead is defeated. Ding dong, the uh, the Night King is dead, so that bastard's gone. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about what comes next, uh, especially going into... Season f- uh, episode four, which seems to set up a lot of this battle between what, what's going to end up being the political battle in Westeros between Cersei and Daenerys. Um, so let's let's just kind of get this started. We're going to just briefly touch on a couple things from The Long Night before diving into our preview for the next episode. Uh, I will say this. Uh, next week, we'll, you'll get a more thorough look at everything uh, with our usual crew with uh, Parker, Charles, and Ian coming back. So look forward to that. But for now, we're just going to brush up on some stuff before the uh, before the episode tomorrow. Um, so let's get into it. First off, long night. A lot of people were pretty upset. Thought it was pretty dark. How 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 was your watching experience for it? Yeah, that was the thing. Is there was a lot of details that I feel like were missed. Uh, I watched it on a TV in a dark room and feel like I missed a lot. I've read a lot. However, that people are saying if you watch it on a laptop with the brightness turned up, that you can kind of see a lot more details. But that seems to be one of other than people not dying more, everyone seems to be the most upset about how dark the episode was, which I can understand. Like, it's this great cinematic feat, and yet you can't tell some of the details because they, when they edited it, it they didn't make it any brighter. Yeah, and I, I kind of think the disorientation was a huge part of it, though, if you think about it. Because it, it, it is supposed to be kind of madness, hard to, like, hard to figure out, because the characters, you know, flat out, like, there was literally a plot point of it being foggy and nobody can tell what's going on. Right, but even before all the fog moves in, you still don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it did it did get ugly, and it, it, the point is, I think, is it was supposed to be kind of dark, which I, I'm one of the people, I'm actually one of the few people standing up for him on this one. I don't know, I kind of think, you know, the dark, had it had to be like that, you know, it, it's, it would be kind of weird for the Night King to fight in the brightness, you know, he's... As Chris Ryan of the Ringer says, he's not the Day King. <laughs> but even when you had, like, all of the people on fire from the dragons, it was still dark somehow, even though everyone was on fire. And that's what was really weird to me, is, like, it just became orange. It wasn't bright. It was just 
orange. Yeah, it was really like it was really murky, but I kind of I don't know I I I I'll, I'll, I stand up for that. I'm 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 of the belief that I actually thought the long night paid off in a lot a lot of ways. Oh, I definitely liked the episode. I'm not saying that I didn't. Oh, I for just, sure. That is definitely I agree with that critique. I do think even if they would have lightened it a smidge, which is a very official term, it would have helped a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so a smidge is a very solid measurement. I would have to say. Um, so let's get into what the other big critique is. Not enough deaths. Uh, you know, Game of Thrones, as anyone who, you know, watches Game of Thrones knows, produces a lot of, uh, pretty intense moments, but, like, the death count was pretty low. Only, I mean, it was only Jorah, uh, Melisandre. <laughs> big Jorah stan over here. Uh, Jorah, Mer- Melisandre, uh, our guy Beric Dondarrion, and, uh, Dolores, or Dolores Ed, who... Ian, I'm sure, is still heartbroken about. I'm sorry. You are forgetting someone very important here. Who am I forgetting? Leanna Mormont. Oh, yeah, Leanna Mormont. Yeah, of course. Who went down in arguably the best way ever. I was so upset. But for her to then take out the white giant was incredible. Because she is so small and so feisty. And she took down the giant. Which, okay, question. Was that Wan Wan or not? Nah, they no. We, well, we'll think about it. Wan Wan died in the courtyard, and and John was around, so he was already here. Wan Wan was already below the wall, and John and all them are way smart enough to to know that they have to burn the dead. Okay, so I, I would a lot of hope, people have wondered about that. Yeah, but I, I I think that you know they're they're definitely smart enough to know that you know they have to burn the dead at that point because John John has already looked into the Night King's eyes as he has said to anyone who would listen. Literally, anyone. so it's like yeah, it was it was one of those things where there's no way nobody anyone who perished on at the Battle of the Bastards would be you know not burnt because they they knew that the Night King is coming. So it, it was probably. Probably in like uh, someone someone related to one one of course. There yeah. there were very few giants. Only three I I yeah. noticed. There was the one that immediately uh, that the Dothraki immediately ran into. Yes. The one in the courtyard, and then there is one that you could see that was set on fire at one yeah. point by Daenerys. Um, but yeah, no, a, a, a major lack of of deaths, and you know, the, one of the big things about Game of Thrones is the subversion, and the fact that they've subverted for so long, you can't keep subverting, and be at, at one point that becomes the norm, that people die in Game of Thrones, so you kind of learn to expect it. I just, I was really surprised, like, when the episode ended, I was kind of shocked, for multiple reasons, but I really did expect basically everyone to die. Um, and so... I was, I'm glad, and I kind of think it's the most Game of Thrones thing ever to th- make you think everyone's going to die, and then to be like, wait, never mind, like, no major character deaths, like, it's very Game of Thrones to then have the twist be, oh, wait, people aren't dying. True, and, you know, if you actually look at a lot of the big battle set pieces, so Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, uh, the, the really stupid plan to go north, mm-hmm. there aren't many deaths in those right if you think about it like the most notable one would be i mean i'm just i can't even think of any like notable death that didn't happen on the opposing side i think too some of the complaints that are coming from that is some of the situations that just seemed so unreasonable for those characters to get out of like realistically like 
Brienne, love her, but some of the combat she was doing to keep that energy up for that long and to be able to fight off that many whites soul-handedly, like, I think some people are just frustrated because they don't feel like it was really that, like, reasonable for them to have lived. Like, Grey Worm. How did Grey Worm (laughs) survive? Like, I'm happy about it, but that one especially, like, I have a hard time with that because literally at one point he's just, like, staring at everything scared out of his mind he was on the front front lines at least three different times where i'm like oh he's probably dead and then he pops up he's like fighting by himself i'm like how did you get there dude yeah and so i think that's kind of where for me i don't i'm glad we didn't have more major character deaths but i am kind of confused yeah and it i think my thing is a lot of I, I think it's time to start accepting that it's very canon that Jon Snow is a terrible commander in terms of military strategy. Why do you say that? Let, let, let's look at it. Let's look at it, look at his battle experience. So he, he obviously did great on the wall. That's probably the only good thing he did. He um, was awful in the Battle of the Bastards. Just just completely charged forward, let his emotions get the best of him, soiled his own plan, got bailed out by Sansa. Uh, stupid plan to go up north. That was just dumb in the first place. Bailed out by Daenerys. And here we are uh, with this. So he he sets up all of his cavalry to just dead charge at these people who they know that are going to get stopped. And then he sets up a trench behind his army. Well, so the thing, though, is, is that wasn't really their plan. So when the Dothraki go out there and you see all their swords, like, that were on fire go into dimness, which was haunting... Daenerys gets upset, and she advances the plan before they were supposed to. She gets on the dragons earlier than they were supposed to. That wasn't the plan. Daenerys was the one that messed up the plan. It's still a dumb plan to not use your dragons in the main field, though, I think, right? But the idea was they were trying to get the Army of the Dead out into the open first so that they could have a clearer sight so that they could attempt to only burn the whites. Well, I think mainly what they were going to do is they were going to try to, like, take down the Night King. Wait, draw the Night King out, then go get him with the two dragons, which eventually did happen. But the thing is, how do you, how would Daenerys not know that that the Dothraki horde was doomed? They were doomed. Well, the thing is, is sending, that is not the kind of combat that they do well in. Just sending them out literally into the darkness and saying, good luck, did not make sense. I will agree with that. But the trench, okay, I understand the trench because the whole idea with that trench was, quote, worst case scenario, if they got that close to actually getting within the gates, the trench was supposed to stop them from being able to get inside the gates. But then they did that whole, let me sacrifice myself and all lay down on top of each other. Yeah. And got through it anyway. But let me put it this way. Like, put the trench out in front of the army. Have the Unsullied there. So when they, they either run into the fire and anyone who gets through, just stab them. But the thing is, is they, they're not going to go through the fire. No. Like. But they're going to try it. They're, well, that's why you wait until they get there and then you light the trench. There's a way to do it where it makes sense. Put your army behind the trench, so that so that first like flood of guy like guys. When you literally see, I mean, think about it. When you first see them go towards the Unsullied, it's a wave of bodies. If that wave hit a trench first, and then you got the rest of them, just stab them. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I mean, it's good in theory, 
But trying to get them to go through the fiery trench, I think, is a lot harder when they don't already feel like they're winning. Or just that's part of the reason that I think that they were. Well, granted, the night they do whatever the Night King says, but I think that was part of the reason the Night King was so confident was because they were already winning the battle at that point. And so he was like, yeah, I can sacrifice some dudes just laying on the fire to let them through the trenches. Like, they already knew that they already had the upper hand. Well, it also it also cut off the uh, way of retreat for everyone else, mm-hmm. which I, I just don't understand how they didn't think that this would that that front line would be as utterly fucked as it was. We can curse on here, by the way. It, it is an explicit pod. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay, cool. Just wanted to let you know. Um, yeah, so front line, completely fucked. Uh, so my thing is like, my thing is like, it, it just, it wasn't a very good plan, I think, to just hope that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think there are ways to take them out. I think once the, once the dead were kind of stopped in their tracks, the narrow should have gone through and blown, I, know, blown them away first. I agree. I think one dragon should have been dedicated towards burning all of them and one should have been dedicated towards taking out the Night King, but... When you got an ice dragon, any kind of combat between the dragons is just going to be difficult. That's why, like, it had to resort to literally, like, chomping at the ice dragon. Yeah, take them out. Yeah, it, which is what they had to do. And yeah. I, I, I agree that the best way to take care of the ice dragon is double team them. But my thing is, I, I think you, sh- you need to utilize them at, at some point. They can just zip back on over and go, 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 go get the ice dragon when he appears on the field. Yeah. Um, but in general, I just don't think it was a great strategy. Uh, John sent out the Dothraki for a suicide mission, basically killed all the just every single Dothraki, not including what we mentioned in you know in, in uh, when we were planning the pod. Then the, the women and children are still over in uh, Vias Dothraki, which is yeah. a good point that you brought up. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is talking about how the Dothraki culture has just been extinguished, and yes, I'm pretty sure we lost basically all of the fighting men. But oh, like eight guys. <laughs> <laughs> but from what we have seen, um, we don't believe that they, uh, the women and children, came to Winterfell. They only brought the fighting men, from what we've seen. So theoretically, the Dothraki culture should still be intact. It's just you know taking a massive hit with all the men being killed. It, it's it's on its last legs, and those eight people have a lot of fucking to do. Let's be frank. <laughs> They they, they 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 just got to keep those eight people alive, and they have to repopulate the Dothraki. That's it. Like, think about it. Like, I mean, you can obviously like blend culture and what or whatnot. But it's the Dothraki. If they're the yeah, the Dothraki, they got a lot of work to do. Let's let's just say once they go back across the narrow sea, they got to get to work. Um, just protect the eight dudes who ran over, and we don't even know if those eight dudes like made it. Made it because yeah. they might have they might have perished in the fight too. They still had to fight. If I was them, I would have just dipped. Uh, something that I think is interesting, and I don't mean to jump ahead, but a little note that we need to talk about is them still burning the dead when uh, in the preview for next yes. episode. They're still burning the dead. Yeah, that's that would that's an interesting point, and a lot of a, a lot of discussion has kind of come up of is this the last time we've seen you know the night King, or the the White Walkers and the Night King? Or, is he the last one? Is there are there could there be more out there? Is there more evil ice people who? It could, it could, could be, turned, be just in case because we've we've had a, a a night king before we've had like the yeah. army of the dead before as we know from countless you know parts of the canon and you know little scriptures of what we've seen with the you know children of the forest so it, it makes me it makes me wonder if they if that dark magic can come back absolutely and i mean some people are making the argument that oh you literally have 
tens of thousands of bodies, the best way to dispose of them is to burn them. So some people think that's why they're doing it. But I do think it's interesting. I don't think that that danger is completely eliminated. I don't see. That seems almost too easy. Yeah. Like, a scene with Arya and the Night King was so badass, but it, I have a hard time believing that we are completely done with that storyline already. We still have three more episodes. It just seems so weird that we'd just be like, okay, cool, like, we're done, like, moving on. Yeah, but I, I agree, but also there, there are only three, only three episodes left. So it would be weird, it'd be hard to bring it back in, because I think there's a lot of fighting to do to the South that we're about to pivot to but i agree i think there's that it would just be weird if there wasn't that threat because i don't think i think seeing what they've seen and knowing that they've defeated it before it's come back before i wonder if you know what they're going to do with the wall and the night's watch Mm -hmm. next because technically there's nothing left to watch the wildlings are down south or yeah most of the wildlings are down south already you know joining you know who joined uh, john's army so at the end of the last season, you know, we see the ice dragon coming through and destroying the wall, but we have not been back to the wall since then. We don't know what is even remaining of the wall. Are any of the castles on the wall even still there, you know? Are they going to, you know, the free folk, are they going to now give them those castles that were along the wall once that remain and kind of let them have the lands and, you know, come up with something new with... Yeah. Uh, the Night's Watch, because I think you still kind of need that establishment of the Night's Watch, but yet they don't have anything really to protect them from if that threat is completely gone. Yeah, so there were three, let's think about it. So there are three forts, East Watch by the Sea, um, Castle Black, and then there's one other one who I cannot remember. Those are only the three that are manned. There's 16 yeah, castles along the wall, however. Exactly. Uh, there are three that are manned. One got blown up. Right. And then the other one... Um, the other one, you know, Castle Black, which Ed, you know, commands, brought everyone down, you know, we, exactly. which we saw. Yeah. So no one's watching. No one's there. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to if they're gonna reman those. I don't think they will. I mean, I think the only way that they would do it is uh, if Daenerys wins and all this stuff, I think that Jon would advocate to be able to set up an estate, like set up something for the free folk who have yeah you know they're going to they're going to live in westeros i think they'll just be like northerners and and a long a long running running theory i have uh that i've stated on this pod multiple times is that i think john's going to end up uh going back north to re-establish the night's watch um he's good because he gives up his duty as as king of the seven kingdoms to daenerys so the only way he could be off the board is go back to the night's watch and fix things I, I like that theory, and I definitely see where you're coming from, but I don't know. I don't think he's going to want to really rule in any capacity, even if it's of the Night's Watch. No, nah, but as, a, as like a rebuilding sort of thing, I could see him taking that duty and going back. That's just my, that's just okay. a theory. Okay. I think, I think it, I think without a doubt, it's not going to end with John and Danny together. I think no. there's going, something bitter is going to happen. I just, I just well, know we've it. We've already kind of seen a little bit of that, like, Daenerys is upset with John about his parentage, even though, you know, not his fault. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, she was so, so upset. Also, that scene has brought forth some of the best memes of this whole entire series. Oh, yeah? The, um... But it, that would make you assistant, assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> personal favorite. Nice Sorry. little office cro- crossover yes. there. Yeah, no, I... 
it's a it's a good one. I, I gotta say, like the memes this season, we've talked about it a lot on this on this show. A one, especially the so brand good. ones. I I'm just, I gotta say, and that's something that makes this a television event like no other. Just having this many people collaborate yeah. co- collaborating on one thing. I don't I don't think we've ever seen anything like it with uh, social media. Yeah. So and the show. talking about brand, a lot of people too are kind of like, dude, you did nothing. <laughs> And I just, one of my biggest questions is, you know, we know he knows the past and everything and he can work and do all of these things. But something that I'm really curious is how much of the future does he really know? Does he know anything about the future? He knew to give Arya the dagger that she then used to defeat the Night King, granted, and gave it to her in the same spot that she would then go to defeat the Night King. So how did he know to do that? I Game of Thrones does nothing by accident. So to me, that means he knew. He had like, some sort of premonition. He somehow knew that Arya had to be the one. And so I'm just curious, does the Three-Eyed Raven actually have some way to be able to look into the future? You know, I'm really... There's so many questions around him and being the Three-Eyed Raven and everything. And I really do hope we get some more answers with that because... Homeboy just sits there right now and creeps people out. And I would really like for there to be a whole lot more to that story. Exactly. I want to know what he does. I want to know a little more about how all this works. Yeah. And I I hate to keep drawing from another podcast, Jameson style. But uh, one theory that Binge, Mo, Binge Mode had that I really like is that Bran just sees different timelines. Like Doctor Strange in uh, Infinity yeah. War. So he might not know what definitively happens. But he might know alternative, alternative futures. So... While he like, and and we we've he's noticed that he doesn't know anything for sure because when he's talking with Jamie under in the Godswood, right? And Jamie's like, "Hey, might you guys might you know uh, are you are you gonna tell uh, tell them after we win?" And he's like, "How do you know there is an after?" Right. So I don't know if he knows anything definitively, but I think he has ideas. That's that's yeah. kind of what I think about it. Yeah, I saw that line more of as of a like a. <gasps> Ooh, what if there's not an after? I didn't put a whole lot of weight. He's trying into to that just he's like just trying to spook Jamie yeah, or something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I kind of did see it that way. I don't know. I I think he I don't, I think he legitimately doesn't know everything. But oh, I don't it's, think it's he gonna knows be interesting. everything. There's no way. Yeah. So let's let's talk about uh, going forward. Night of the uh, you know, night is over. It's the dawn has begun, and we're now getting back to really the bread and butter of Game of Thrones: po- political battles squabbles between houses you're not a fan are you a fan i i do i i just i'm worried that this next episode is going to be nothing but exposition which when we only have three episodes left i worry about because i am just really hoping that i know we're not going to get a nice neat tidy ending but i there's a lot of questions that i still want answered and i just don't want them to spend the whole entire fourth episode doing just exposition like i'm ready for some answers i want clegane bowl <laughs> yes like, i think we're gonna get clegane bowl in in I episode hope five so. i i need that in my life i just i think there are a lot of questions going into uh episode four that i think we need answered well we know it's definitely going to be a lot brighter <laughs> Than the long night. That's uh, for sure. That's for sure. The preview, there was such a stark contrast. You know, they have the silent credits for a little while and it's so dark. And then you see like next time and it's so bright. It was honestly a little bit jarring. Well, it's, I, I mean, after an entire 
episode and a half, really, because mm-hmm. really half of uh, the previous episode, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, you know, was at night. The dark mm-hmm. rooms and conversations, you know, yeah. everyone, you know, spending their last few hours before the night. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's crazy what the sun can do, and more than anything, we get those shots of uh, King's Landing. I forget like what, like that it's sunny in places in Game of Thrones. Right. Well, and we haven't been back to King's Landing since the first episode of the season. Exactly. You know, we're yeah. about to see some more Cersei Euron action, which is going to be a interesting. Finger up the bum. Well, it looks like he's proposing. Did you notice that in the preview? It yes. looks like he's proposing, and I'm really curious to see what she makes of that. And I'm really curious to see if. You know, with her being pregnant, supposedly still, if she's going to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll marry you, but you got to pretend to be the baby daddy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, here's my big hot, my, my really big hot take here. I think one of them offs the other at some point, like before the battle. Wait, Euron and Cersei? I think Euron either kills Cersei or Cersei either kills Euron. Well, I, I just think this is not going to go well. I think that e- both of them are trying to screw the other over at some point. I Yes, I see that. I think Cersei is going to be killed by Jaime. I yeah, I kind of think Cersei gets her, gets gets Euron, but also Euron has the upper hand. He's the one who signed the contract with the Golden Company. Technically, he's the one who went over overseas and signed. That. I thought he just like fetched them. Maybe he did. <laughs> I all I'm saying is, does he really have the power to be able to like sign for them? I, what if he did? What if he what if he signed for them there and then brought him back? And because they've never broken a contract. Whoever has the technical, like, contract, you know, holding, I guess, is the one who has the power. That's really interesting, but I also really think that it's the Lannisters that the contract is with. Yeah, and the technicalities are what matters. If it is the Lannisters, then, yeah, Euron's probably screwed. But think about it. Euron already has the Ironborn, kind of. He doesn't have the islands anymore. But he has the Ironborn with him? He has the fleet. He has the fleet. And if he had the Golden Company, he easily is overpowers uh, well, Cersei. He might be the one in charge. But here's the thing, though. Cersei's really upset that she didn't get those elephants. She wants those elephants. And that just, that might be the thing that breaks the camel's back. I don't know. <laughs> I Yeah, I that those elephants. I, I wanted to see those elephants, too. We, we've uh, talked about it. We wanted those elephants. I'm disappointed with her. We did not have the CGI I, budget. I've never, yeah, I've never agreed I with Cersei. Ghosts. We got ghosts, though, and he made it. That's, oh, I'm so relieved. I, I thought, I was, I thought he was done. I did, too. Yeah. That was that was I don't know I was worried and then he and then he just randomly popped his happy ass back up you know in the preview which I'm happy to see I'm glad he's back. So do you think they take Ghost up for the battle? I I don't know I I think if you had to ask the CGI people they're like yeah no we can just leave Ghost in the north let let him chill. I'm interested to see I I wonder if the North is up for another fight after losing a lot of their countrymen. Well, that's when you need to bring in. Um, uh, all the all of your possible reinforcements, you know. Yeah. Uh, because they, my guess is they have maybe ten percent of their army left. Maybe, I think we'll get a lot better image of that. Uh, probably really, really early in the next episode. Well, yeah, all of the unsullied or most of the unsullied were really screwed. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, most of the the, the uh, Dothraki, and. I they're they're running low on on Danny specifically is running low on men, but the knights of the, the knights of the Vale are still kicking around. Mm-hmm. There are still some Northmen still. I think that in and one thing you see in the previews is Daenerys uh, hosting a big uh, 
a big reception at the Great Hall and, you know, raising a toast and all the Northmen go crazy. Which is was so weird to see because they were so, not not necessarily hostile, but they were, they were so... They were very welcome. hostile. They were unwelcoming when she came in, you know? So to see that scene, I'm like, something major. Let's also be frank. They were racist towards the Unsullied crew. Oh, true. They, little, little, little girls running away, talking to poor, trying to talk to poor Missy. It was, yeah. It was, yeah, so... I think any hostilities have kind of faded. I think I think it's one unified group at this point. Which is really interesting to me because I I'm a Danny fan, but she really didn't do that much in the battle. Like the dragons absolutely helped. Like do not get me wrong. But it's not like she was came out of this as the perfect war hero. No, but she also brought a Legion of Unsullied, Legion of Dothraki, and two dragons where previously I mean, just imagine if they just had, you know, whatever scraps they had in Winterfell versus that. It's over. It, it, it's more of the manpower that she brought than the actual skills that she personally contributed. Although, actually, if you think about it, maybe a smaller force would have been better. Because overall, the goal was to, to lure the Night King in. What yeah. if they just, like, got overwhelmed and then Arya could still do her thing? Because they still lost. Yeah, I... I don't know. There's a lot of what ifs that you could play of with course. that whole episode. There's so many things, but I'm really interested to see moving forward. Like, are they going to try and go all the way south to King's Landing for this big battle that we're supposed to get in episode five, or are they going to meet somewhere in the middle? I just, my, I know Cersei isn't going to want to leave King's Landing, but I also have a hard time seeing that. Shambly force make it all the way down to King's Landing and be able to be ready for a fight. Well, yeah, not only that, but I think I think Daenerys should be worried worried about going to King's Landing because of yes. one thing: wildfire. Because you can't you can't go burnt, blow up King's. You can't you can't set King's Landing to the torch because you have to be worried about that, so especially when we know Cersei has the potential to use it. So how much wildfire is left after the explosion at the Sept of Baylor? So we know that um, that the Mad King had scattered some wildfire under not just the Sept of Baylor, but uh, under the Red Keep, under a lot of places in the city. Um, and that the wildfire that was under the Sept of Baylor was actually just the original stores okay. of it. So it should there should be more of it technically. Well, I'm just curious too because then they used it in the Battle of the Blackwater, and so I wasn't sure if they had taken some of those stores that were underneath the city that the Mad King had put and used some of that for the Battle of the Blackwater. I think that was just a pyromancer's own like stash. You know, he, he's a weirdo. He just really Is he liked still it. Around? We haven't seen him. I, I, I have no reason to believe he's not. Um, I miss the guy. Honestly, we haven't seen him since since the uh, Battle of Blackwater. But I want I want that cre- we we've lost a lot of creepy old dudes, and the creepy old dudes I don't know they give me a hearty chuckle every time <laughs> I see him. So we lost my my poor guy my poor guy Pycelle. Pi- he was the best. So I, I I guess the only one we have left is Kyber and talking about pops. Not even a maester. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. No. Kyber and his ability to see pox. I guess on butts. I don't know. Speaking of that scene, though, <laughs> that, that's what he noticed. He was like, "Ah, oh, poor Pox. You know, take the girl within like within the year or whatever." Do you not remember that? Oh yeah, it was, I, I noticed the weird things. Anyway, so about that scene, we still technically have Bronn, You know, trying to trying to hunt down Tyrion and Jamie. I'm so 
so interested to see what happens with that because I would like to think that he wouldn't betray them both. But I just don't know with him. I just, I really don't, um, just the look in his eye when they handed him that crossbow, I'm just really interested to see. So I'm curious, what is the one question that you really want to see answered in the fourth episode? In this next episode? Yeah. Um, I want to see how John and Danny uh, handle everything now that the war is over. Uh, I think that things are different now, obviously, that they're, they won, but now it's time to kind of have some awkward conversations about what's going to happen. Uh, I want to see, I, I think, I think this is going to decide, this next episode is basically going to decide if they end up fighting each other or if they can come together and have some sort of harmony because it's going to be, I think, I think the fallout from that decision is going to be interesting, not just with John and Danny, but also in the North. How are they yeah. going to handle things? They obviously have a different, clearly seem to have a pro-Targaryen uh, approach here, but I don't know. It'll be interesting, especially uh, especially Sansa's uh, opinion of it. Yes. But I'm interested to see how how everyone looks at politics now that they've experienced a thing that they've experienced. Um, one of one of one of the great ideas of this show is that you really learn who your friends are when you're fighting. So now is everyone in the North like, are they cool now? Are we all good? Are we all Gucci? We're friends. Are we we're gonna go kill Cersei. I could see that happening, but also Game of Thrones is never that clear cut. Yeah. Uh, what's your What's your question? I really want to see how Jamie starts to fit in with everything. You know, like he came up and basically instantaneously was like, okay, battle time. You know, I mean, we did get some great moments with him and Brienne, but I'm really curious to see what his role becomes now. Now that that battle is over and now that they're going to go fight his sister, like... And lover, like, <laughs> what is it going to look like now with Jamie? I'm hoping that we get a little bit of that. And then I also kind of what you were saying with uh, Sansa. I'm really curious to see what role she takes on now. Um, I also really enjoyed the moment between her and Tyrion in the crypt. I thought that was very sweet. Are we, are we shipping him? Are we shipping uh, no. Sansa Tyrion? No. I, I appreciate the fact that they could have a sweet moment and reflect. Because he was really good to her when he really didn't have to be. Yeah. Um, and so, but nah, I'm I think not it works, it. though. Yeah. Politically, well, it's yes. like the strongest alliance left in the show, I think. Yeah. Well, well, other than John and Danny. But gross. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm not against them. But I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, because we're at the point where like allegiances and marriages aren't really enough. You know, like this is full on war at this point, and just being married to someone I don't think is quite enough. Of course, and it yes, it's full on war, but. In rebuilding this new world, it's yes. going, I think that would be something that would be huge because Absolutely. because the th the thing that started this whole thing, the War of the Five Kings, Lannister versus Stark, tore apart the realm. It's caused countless casualties to these small folk, who I think people would be much better if much more calm if they're like, hey, look, Stark, Lannister, they cool. You know, the future going forward is going to be stable. I think people would be calm. Yeah. I just, I don't think we're really going to see any rebuilding. I really have it in my mind that the last shot of this series is going to be whoever on the Iron Throne. And then I think it's going to go to credits. I really don't think we're going to see any of the aftermath, which is kind of a shame. I think King's Landing is done. I think it's going to get blown up. 
with that wildfire or I think that I think Cersei goes out at you know at all costs and I think she blows up the the set uh I think she blows it up maybe that's where we get all our major character deaths <laughs> yeah maybe I, honestly we're I think we're still gonna get them no one's safe no I think th- I think they're waiting on it I think they wanted I think the clear decision to wait for things to kind of play itself out you know I I don't think they wanted to uh, you know, blow their wad early, and you know, they, they gross. I know it's it's a term. It's a term. I don't think you they didn't wanted have to use it. I did. Have, I wanted to use it. I don't think they wanted to do that early, so they now they can do it a little later. It'll be a lot more shocking that way because I think everyone going into the long night expected everyone to die, but now people are getting a false sense of security yeah. with their favorite characters. Yeah. yeah, plot armor. Plot armor only works when you're like actually fighting apparently the 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 ability to surprise people has always been the thrones thing right it's not surprising to lose against an overwhelming force in the army of the dead it would be surprising to get blown everyone get blown up by wildfire it would be literally very very surprising if like this episode someone big's gonna die like for example that would be weird because no one is expecting anything i just again i really think this episode's gonna be a lot of exposition yeah and there's a very interesting theory that braun does show up does fire the arrow but it misses and hits someone else my heart can't handle that so if it hit, if it hits someone like brianne <laughs> get- oh if it hits someone like brianne or pod oh my heart say brianne yeah, save we got gotta save Brienne, who I think I thought she was doomed. She's one of the most dynamic characters I think we've seen. I agreed, agreed. I think she's one of the more interesting characters uh, of the show, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of kind of wrap her up, you know. Um, so yeah, what what uh, what is what is your big prediction for episode four? Exposition. Honestly, I don't expect a lot of action out of this episode. And I could very much be wrong, but I really think that we're going to see a lot of setup. We're going to see some people migrating. Maybe we'll go back to Dorne for a little bit and get to see a little bit of action over there. Um, But I think we'll be in a lot of different places and we'll see a lot of setup for episode five. Yeah. What about you? I think think that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I think we get a major death. I think it either either Cersei offing... uh, are my oh. Cersei offing our guy? Uh, um, uh, why am I blanking on Euron's Euron. name? Uh, Cersei offing Euron or Euron offing Cersei? Something big. Something's Cersei gonna happen. Cersei does not die this episode. There's no way. No, but it would also be kind of shocking if Euron was the big bad. I think it would be a bad story choice. Yeah. But I think it would be an interesting one. It would be so much more satisfying if Jamie killed her. Agreed. So much more. Satisfying. But also, as we've seen from this past episode, prophecies are kind of bullshit. Who there the Azor the Azor High you know prince who was promised like it, 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 is it Arya technically it could be yeah it, it, I I guess it the, could the biggest be. question with that is uh born beneath a red star um yeah and among that, salt and smoke that's what the, is he a ham what is he a ham <laughs> um because Arya fits a lot of it actually really mm-hmm. hmm that's intriguing do tell. Oh, I, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the she fits everything, but the ones that we don't have a definitive answer to is boredomant, sm- sm- no, salt, and, and smoke, smoke and uh, beneath the red star. Um, we don't know that she necessarily wasn't. We just don't have an answer. We don't know a lot about her when she was little. Well, if you think about it, she started, act, she started being a killer right when 
the the uh, the red comet showed. Yeah. Up. So she who it could be that it it's not born like birthed, but like born into became. a new person. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think it. I think that's an interesting theory that I had not heard, but it makes sense. Um, so. Salt and smoke. Um, I guess war. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Hot I... pie. Hot so... pie. She was it's... born when she she started becoming she was when she was hanging out with Hot Pie, who I imagine uses salt and has to do smoke with pies. I guess I don't know. Sure. I, are you campfires? It actually works more yeah. than I thought it. It would. doesn't. I mean, yeah, they don't have like a definition of what that's supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, I think this was a, this was pretty good. Just want to give you all a little primer, just something before um, this next episode. It just seemed wrong. Uh, things have been crazy with finals and everything, and about to graduate and whatnot. But what, what? yeah, I appreciate y'all's uh, patience and everything. We will be back full time next week with the full crew, uh, Parker and Ian. Um, it'll be great. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Please hit us up with the, that five star review. Um, and any reviews, comments, concerns, anything like that? Darielle, you have any th- uh, final things to say before uh, you peace out? Protect ghost. <laughs> yes. Protect <laughs> our guy ghost. Uh, thank- Darielle, thanks for being on. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. you coming through in a pinch. It, it, uh, it was nice having you on. And we'll look forward to having you on some other time soon. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, for me and Darielle, thank you so much for listening. And uh, Valor Margulis. Or whatever I sign off with. I can I still <laughs> I'm halfway through the season, I still haven't found a sign off.